It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. All right. Gamecocks have uh, three receivers now uh, locked and loaded for the class of 2020. Uh, Jakari Caldwell moments ago commenced to the Gamecocks over Tennessee. He's from Northwestern High School in Rock Hill. We've talked extensively about him, uh, but really going to kind of dig into him and his game right now. You know, a big, smooth receiver, good hands, good long strider, one of those senior risers. And, uh, you know, in an article that I, I wrote for the Big Spur today, you know, I, I pondered the question if he's the next guy that's sort of uh, taken that path as a late riser from within the state and gone to start him. I mean, Debo Samuel, who we all watched in the Super Bowl the other night, um, kind of the same guy in terms of path. Uh, you know, a kid that really blew up his senior year that uh, was impressive at the Shrine Bowl, whose stock rose, um, and then he ended up having a really good career at Carolina and is on the way, in my opinion, to having a good career as a pro. Now, Caldwell's a different type of receiver uh, than Debo, of course. He's a longer, leaner type, um, you know, I, I, I see some Sidney Rice in him a little bit. Um I think that, you know, he's a guy that's just going to get better and better and better. Gamecocks have been tracking him for a while uh, and ended up landing him today. Of course, Tennessee came in there, and last year the Gamecocks beat Tennessee on Xavier Leggett uh, down the stretch. So the Vols continue to try to get guys out of the Palmetto State. But I think that, uh, you know, this is a good pickup. Some contacts have told me they think this is the best guy in the class, you know, better than Rico Powers uh, as a prospect and better than Mike Wyman, who's already there. It's not to say that they're not high on those guys. They just really, really like Caldwell's upside. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, I do too. You know, I think this kind of, as I've said, follows a trend of late rising receivers in the state. Uh, you know, Clemson sniffed around a little bit on him, saw if there was any interest. I don't know, had he. You know, wanted to go there and commit immediately. Had they, would they not have taken him? Um, but I don't think he was that interested. I mean, from the start with the Gamecocks, he called the Gamecocks his dream school. He committed to uh, East Carolina uh, originally. Uh, East Carolina did a good job recruiting South Carolina this year, and uh, backed out of that as soon as the Gamecocks offered. Then he had Tennessee, Virginia Tech, and some other ones. You know, Northwestern, one of the top programs traditionally in the state of South Carolina. There's a long list of players that have come out of that school that are really, really good football players. Um, I think the most recent receiver would probably be Cordero Patterson, uh, who actually went to JUCO, played for Tennessee, and now plays for the Chicago Bears as a kick returner. Um, But they've got athletes there. You know, Justin Worley, who played at Tennessee as a – quarterback with the Northwestern Mason Rudolph who uh, plays quarterback in the NFL Pittsburgh Steelers and went to Oklahoma State went to Northwestern uh, Gamecocks got Gerald Dixon out of Northwestern one of the Dixon twins uh, and one of the legacies I think in Clowney's class uh, you know and then you have Logan Rudolph who just quit uh, playing football at Clemson who was a starter this year that uh, was a defensive end and Mason's brother. So, you know, it, it's good to get on the board again in Rock Hill if you're the Gamecocks. I mean, you got a legit guy up there. It's good to get him. You got the tight end at Rock Hill High School. Uh, coming up next cycle for 2021, there's a kid at South Point, too, named Omega Blake. 
uh, DB, receiver, athlete type, maybe you get in on as well. So the Gamecocks uh, struck gold again uh, up there in state uh, with a wide receiver, Jacari Caldwell. Big, smooth guy, good hands, really like him. Uh, now the other two guys, uh, Rico Powers is a guy that uh, was playing in Savannah, uh, and then had to leave that school, Savannah Military. It's a military school, so there's high standards there because of some off-the-field stuff. Uh, ended up at Hateville Charter in Atlanta, signed with the Gamecocks. You know, th- this is a guy that's a four-star guy, maybe a little under the radar just because, you know, not many schools followed him and tracked him uh, through his senior year, but hadn't had any issues over there. And, uh Certainly is a heck of an athlete. I've heard him compared to everybody from Farrow Cooper to Shaq Rowland, and, and I'll continue to say I'm, I'm on the Shaq Rowland train there just because, you know, when you look at him, the type of player he is, the type of receiver he is, he, he's just a good all-around receiver. You know, does he run a 4-3-4 like a Sammy Watkins did? No. I mean, is he going to be able to jump and leap over everybody like Alshon Jeffrey and Sidney Rice? Probably not. Um but he's really good and he's really quick and explosive. And I think that's very important when you're talking about a receiving core that has some question marks in that department. You know, I think Rico Powers can step in um, and provide some of that for the Gamecocks once he gets on campus. And, you know, he could end up being a big steal uh, when all is said and done. Because, like I said, he just sort of visited, you know, they confirmed the offer, he committed. Everything was sort of quiet. You know, some other schools may have called about him, but it was quiet, and he very quietly signed in the early period with the Gamecocks. So, I, you know, Rico Powers is a guy uh, that I'm high on, keep an eye on him, you know, moving forward. Mike Wyman is a guy that's already on campus um, from Greensboro. He was one of the first early Gamecock commits. He committed to Carolina over a boatload of offers, Oklahoma, uh, Georgia offered him, Virginia Tech. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. The one school that didn't offer Mike Wyman, allegedly, was North Carolina. And North Carolina c- took a kid out of Sumter that had one offer that uh, maybe had a little better 40 time. But they were not – North Carolina was not enamored with Mike Wyman, apparently. Now, sometimes that's sour grapes, if you will, but um, – you know, not a good season for Wyman or any of his high school teammates uh, up there in Greensboro, North Carolina. It just uh, – and sometimes that happens. I mean, people call it horrendous, horrible um, at Dudley High up in Greensboro. I, I know this. Dudley's always been a school where if you're looking for a team that's going to win a bunch of games and all that, you know, maybe they, they have – Good one year, bad the next, but they always have players. Uh, and individually, you know, when the team as a whole has a bad year, I mean, it, it's hard to kind of sit there and point to one guy. Uh, everybody always tells the story about Albert Hainsworth uh, at Hartsville, his senior year. I think he had nine tackles and his team went 0 and 10. Um, and that just happens. Albert Hainsworth certainly was a guy that needed some motivation uh, to get the job done. Uh, but when he was on, he was on. Uh, and so it, it doesn't always mean – and maybe maybe Albert Hainsworth is not the best comparison uh, for Mike Wyman. You know, maybe it's somebody else. But, uh, you know, I, I think Wyman's a guy that, that certainly has some skills. 
Uh, he has hands. He can high point the ball. He goes up and gets it. He's another smooth athlete at receiver. Plus, he's an early enrollee. So he's already there, and they're going to try to start coaching him up and getting him in the rotation. So, uh, you know, you never know. This, this may be a guy that ends up, uh, you know, being as good as maybe people thought he was to begin with. And his ranking certainly did drop, but. You know, who knows how much of that was based on his actual potential and who much who knows how much of that was based on the alleged North Carolina snub and also a a non-productive senior year or a senior year that wasn't as productive as people think. You know, I, it's a mystery. I I know there are concerns about his speed, but you know, from what I was told uh from the some of the folks who do rankings, it was basically because they didn't he never ran anywhere. Uh, it wasn't because somebody had timed him and gotten like five flat or, you know, something like that. I, I, I do think on film, you know, you look and he's not a burner. But he's already there. He's the number 56 receiver prospect in the country. Uh, it was a good recruiting win out of the state of North Carolina when it happened. Um, yeah, he's kind of locked and loaded in, you know. So you got uh, a trio there of, of Rico Powers, Jacari Caldwell, and Mike Wyman, uh, all of whom – um, at least somebody rated four stars or higher. Uh, Powers and Wyman are composite four stars. Uh, Caldwell is not a uh, composite four star. He's a high three, but 24-7 sports rates him as a four star. Um, and, and so you've got guys numerically ranked uh, that should be pretty good. Now, you know, you don't know that it's going to turn out that way, but uh, – you know that's why that's why you play the games, and that's why star ratings aren't uh, you know predictors of victories and things like that because you you just you just never know individually who's going to turn out and who's not. You know I, I think this unit as a whole has some questions. Uh, Tony and I talked about wide receiver being a big question mark. Who's going to be the number one guy? You know Tony seems to think that Xavier Leggett needs to step up and be that guy. Um, you know, Shy Smith to me still has, still has room to get better and to be a number one. But I certainly understand. Uh, you know, I, I understand also the theory that maybe he is what he is, and and, and so that's kind of why you kind of look at these these three guys coming out of high school that you know because you you can play as a as a freshman uh, and play receiver. Um, well, that's why it's kind of important, I think, for at least one possibly two uh, of these cats to step up in, in 2020 for the Gamecocks and their passing game. So, you know, because there's just not a lot of answers right now when you sort of look at the receiving core as a whole at South Carolina. I mean, w- one position over the years that, you know, South Carolina tends to recruit well as a receiver, and um, you know, that's one of the big mysteries is that, that they've had a lot of problems at receiver, and they've had a lot of problems at safety, uh, getting guys and um, keeping them healthy and developing them, things like that. You know, and there's a, there's a million different uh, philosophies out there when it comes to receiving and, and opinion. I think one opinion I got from just talking to other coaches and, and certain contacts within the program last year is as, as a whole, the receiving core just wasn't that fast. And you know, th- that's something you're, you're going to have to talk about. You know, is are they recruiting enough speed at that position? Do they have enough guys that can, you know, take a top off a of defense? You know, I think they've got some size. You know, but are are some of these guys too big 
you know, is that going to be the question? Because I'll tell you this, Debo Samuel, uh, big, big guy at receiver, obviously. Big, thick receiver. Built more like a running back. But, you know, guys like him and A.J. Brown from Ole Miss, uh, those guys are rare. They're, They're few and far between because most of your guys that are that size don't have that kind of speed. And so I think that you're you're kind of hunting for the white whale, uh, so to speak, if you, uh, you know, continue to, to go after a body type uh, rather than, you know, playmaking ability and all that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what South Carolina's done because you have some, you know, intriguing guys that are, you know, if healthy, dot, 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 or with a year of development, dot, 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 you know, what can they do? Uh, on the South Carolina roster. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I, I think the receiving core is enough of a mystery right now. Uh, and there is enough of a need there, uh, hence the DeCarian Joiner uh, working out there um, a lot. It's enough of a mystery and there's enough of a, need, of a need right now for all three of these guys to potentially get into the uh, rotation. Excuse me, I got the hiccups a little bit there. Been doing a lot of these today. Uh, so, Jakari Caldwell, uh, excellent addition. Uh, I think Rico Power certainly is a big-time athlete that has a shot. And then Mike Wyman's already there, so he's got a leg up. Uh, we'll see kind of what happens there. But uh, certainly cannot go wrong landing an in-state receiver from late in the process, uh, in my opinion. And in, in these three, that's a good trio to add. Uh, and to kind of throw in the fire uh, early because, you know, they're going to need it. They're going to need some options uh, at that position. They're going to need some guys for Ryan Holinsky to throw to. And I said this when they signed Ryan Holinsky, you better get him players to throw to because he's a passing quarterback, (laughs) you know. And uh, Brian Edwards isn't walking through that door, and Debo Samuel isn't walking through that door. So you got to go find the next one. Um, I do think there's some guys that can step up. You know, if I had to guess right now, Shai Smith, DeCarian Joyner, Xavier Leggett would be your guys. Uh, Josh Van probably would factor in along with Ortrey Smith. That's not counting any of the true freshmen coming in there and, and stepping up and, and being able to contribute. So if you get one or two of these guys to, to step in, obviously that helps your depth at the receiver position. I, I always say – with regards to speed, you know, South Carolina in their footprint, you should you should be able to find speed at receiver. And here's what's going to be interesting about this, and, and you know, let's have to track it and see if it works out. South Carolina did not offer Jalen Hyatt uh, from Dutch Fork, who, according to the experts, is the third-ranked prospect in the state uh, and a four-star guy. Um, and we also know Jalen Hyatt's extremely fast and was extremely productive at the high school level. He camped at Carolina. They weren't fired up about him. He didn't have such a good camp with drops and things like that. Um, and so they never never really went after him. And that's the type of thing that when if you're sitting around here in a couple of years and Jalen Hyatt is like the Tennessee receivers were this year running past your defense and you're sitting there struggling to get guys open – you know, that that's when recruiting can come back to bite you. You know, nobody's sitting there complaining, um, you know, or, or evaluating you uh, about stars at that point. You know, uh, people can generally mouth off about it and say, oh, they just get a bunch of three stars. And, and I think part of that's because South Carolina's kind of sandwiched between Clemson and Georgia right now. 
and those two schools, they get all the star-rated guys, you know. But um, that really doesn't matter as much as, hey, you have this kid with blinding speed playing at a division rival, a team you have to play every year, a team that you probably need to beat every year or most years, uh, that you're trying to keep below you in the division. And um, you didn't offer him. He's a Columbia kid. You didn't offer him, didn't recruit him that hard. And now he's up there making plays. I'm not saying that's going to turn out. I'm not saying they're wrong about Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I'm saying that there's a need for speed at receiver overall, obviously. And he's a guy that certainly can run. Um, But, you know, he's got a ways to go, too, to develop and and turn out and all that. So I'm not saying that Muschamp and his staff are wrong by passing on him. I'm just saying that if they end up being wrong – that's something that can come back and bite you. We all remember Quinshaw Davis from Gaffney when in North Carolina became their all-time leading receiver. <laughs> um, and South Carolina had receivers during that point. Uh, but certainly Quinshaw could have played at South Carolina, probably done some really good things, uh, to be honest. And, you know, I think they took some other guys ahead of him. So, you know, you look at it, you live and you learn. But that's the type of thing when we talk about, hey, this staff missed you know, this was a bad job of recruiting. Um, if Jalen Hyatt turns out and the Gamecocks do not have speed at receiver in a few years, then that's something you can point to because it's a local player. And you're signing everybody else. South Carolina, you know, uh, has had success signing in-state talent that it wants the last two cycles. And, you know, you didn't even didn't even pursue this guy. Um So, you know, we'll find out who's right down the road. I think it's hard to say, well, he's ranked appropriately or, you know, South Carolina was right and he's overrated or, you know, you know, there's all these oars. And we'll see what he does at Tennessee. But that's something to watch very closely, especially compared to some of the other takes at receiver uh, as we move forward. And like I said, I don't have an opinion either way. I could see it working either way. To to me, it's kind of 50-50 on that particular subject. But you're supposed to concentrate on what you do have, and I think the Gamecocks do have a solid trio of receivers joining their program for the class of 2020. We'll have more on the Endless Podcast today inside the Gamecocks. This is J.C. Sherbert.